Expendables 4 in September. Raven Hunter is supposedly coming out in October. Supposedly. Supposedly. The Exorcist remake in October. Uh, the one I'm really looking forward to. Dune Part 2, November 3rd. Yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. The Hunger Games prequel comes out in November. Another... No, that's not what I thought it was. Hunger Games prequel? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The Disney animated movie Wish comes out in November, so we're getting one Pixar and one Disney here. Uh, the that's not Wonka, terrible. The Wonka film, the one with Tim, Timothy Chalamet, it's like Wonka's like in its prequel. So oh. focuses, yeah, it focuses on him and how he gets to it. Supposedly, the Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel comes out in December. Hmm. Um, That'll be interesting to see. And then Aquaman in December. That's all, all that's so far. Cool. All right. Well, let's check that counter. Hey, the Hi. cameras are on. You got me, people. Oh, skimming, hot mic, hot mic. Uh, skimming and trimming the Oops. future of films. At least you can see what I'm looking forward to. Yep. Looking forward to that. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. And salutations. Well, welcome back for Scuba and the Rye. Uh, new studio setup. Finally, the little little bits and pieces I've been waiting for in there. So now we can start moving forward with content for 2020 onward my liege so you know, not yeah too, you know, good to get it done it's only been a couple weeks into january so yeah, get it, it done it feels longer it really does it does feel like it's been forever it's only been two weeks i know it's been two weeks but in the two weeks since we because we yeah, we, the, we did a show two weeks ago and yeah. we with this new table set up where you know we can we're sitting next to each other like we used to yeah Right, so we're not so it's and it's a more centralized recording layout. All right here, people. Uh, since then, I've gotten our new overhead cam that yep. can use on this table for making content. Um, we've finished. I finished renovating the studio slash office because now it feels like an office. It doesn't feel like it's, it's a, open. A closet, a closet slash here. studio over here. Um, the painting's done, the wire management's done, uh, rearranged statues and, and stuff like that. And what? For those watching the podcast on YouTube, this uh -oh. might be cool. We but got for the, the audio look. peeps, uh, you're going to have to go check out the YouTube one. Or take a look for future content. But we're going to flip over to the overhead cam. Oh, snap. And so you see, now we have this, this cool thing we can, you know, do like product reviews and things. It's going to be great. We just need some products to review. We'll get to that later. But if we pop up for here. Uh-oh. See, I'm going to sit there and take the camera. We're going to pan around. Oh, there's me. Hey, hi. There's the Rye guy. And behind him is the, is the collection of stuffs. Back there, people. Um... Trying to manipulate it while it's uh, sitting there and all that. So, but yeah, we rearranged all that. So now we can see all these wonderful collectible statues uh, that uh, have that are part that part of the studio. Did some rearranging on a few other things. Yeah. So it's 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 awesome. So yeah. Now we got threes a company with the cameras. Well, the nice thing is this: this camera is the new Insta three sixty link. It's a yeah. 2K camble on, camera on its own gimbal. Yeah. So if I move over slightly and then raise my hand, flashes, and now 
it tracks my movement, which yeah. is really cool. Uh, but it's a 2K camera, so yeah. it can use that for capturing stuff, for doing miniatures and, and other projects. I actually have a project on the books right now. I did the prep work. I've got it. So tomorrow we'll start it and we'll film it to see how this new filming setup will go. It's a simple project. It's it's a... Start simple, figure out the kinks, and then you'll get it ready I for the next it's one. What you would qualify as an IKEA hack? See, I got this drawer unit from IKEA, right? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to stain it with some Minwax uh, natural wood stain, mm -hmm, stain, and then I can use it for organizing mm -hmm. some small tools and things like that. And I'm going to take the Adam Savage approach, and I'm going to make liners for each of the little boxes so this is the this weekend's project yeah, there the you bench. go so yeah i'm already liking this new camera i can sit there and do yeah. those kinds of work it's gonna be great great but let's go ahead and head back over to the other yeah do the view yeah. there we go awesome so yeah it's uh it's rearranged a few things cleaned up a few things uh, we've got a nice row of coffee cups in the front here. You know, keep it vibrant with the <laughs> plethora of colors and geek them over there. Well, I got this really crazy. We're going to talk about D&D &D stuff. And, you know, I've got friends who know I do do games. <laughs> I'm, yes. uh, you know, I'm, I'm semi-retired and running games right now. Yeah. Um, but I might be convinced for the right price or the right adventure. But uh, uh, Adventure, people. I got a cup from a friend. It's a coffee cup, but it says... It's. It says that this cup is filled with the tears of my players. I don't think I'm that bad. I maybe. I've maybe seen videos, not. but then again, you know, when you make weird decisions, weird outcomes do happen. This is very true. This yeah. is very true. You make odd decisions and you have odd repercussions. But I think one of my favorites is the Father's Day cup I got last mm. year. It was a custom cup. Uh, it's a. It's. It's a picture of. Uh, saying happy father's day uh human servant and from your cats and it's got like three th my three of my cats on there and they're all like <laughs> doing a fist bump it's, it's very cool fist bump. there you go people very cool but uh yeah that's a that's been the majority of my last two weeks has been getting this place cleaned organized um i've got all kinds of new things on the walls to look at so it's a really nice space yeah it, it's a little yeah. bit more you know it's vibrant you know it's got yeah it's got panache it's got panache and yeah. there's room for more and we're gonna have more and it, it's organized it feels productive it's amazing how a space has to you can be in a space and then how the the energy of the space and it's very weird i know but you think about where you're sitting and where you do your work and all yeah. of that and you think about all those the, the what you can see what you can feel what you can smell and it's amazing how that impacts your productivity. Yep. You know, like, you know. Um, like right now, I have with with this new setup, I actually I got one of those under desk uh, elliptical things. I couldn't really use it in the old setup very efficiently. It did, it just didn't feel right. Yeah, you had a lot of stuff running right now. Now that I have my editing desk now over there. I can sit there and I can I actually have it permanently set up to where as I'm sitting there I can start doing the pedaling thing while I'm working. It doesn't feel like it's interfering with the rest of the room. And it's also amazing how you clear a bunch of stuff out, you start going through it. It's like, wow, 
Billy, this yeah. stuff sat here for years. I didn't know it till I moved it. But now the, and plus, you know, tying everything together with a coat of paint really helps out too. But now the whole space feels tied together. It feels like, okay, if I'm over here, I'm doing a task. If I'm over there, I'm doing a task. It doesn't feel like I'm trying to have to brush stuff aside to do one thing to the other or try to balance it all. And so it's, it's very, very refreshing, you know, so to speak. So, but anybody who's got a crafting area and a work area, it's like, because I was telling people, it was like, well, the way I'm trying to lay this out is I want this in that first order, in order of retrievability. Like if I'm going to work on a project, a, ta a, a thing on the, on the bed, on the table here, how quickly can I get to what I need? And then how quickly can I put it back and not have it in a situation where the stuff piles up because you know, we record on this every week, so I can't have so I can only have but so much sit here week to week. Mm -hmm. It's got to be able to. All right. This day to this day, which is nice to have a more forced schedule. OK, this day to this day, I'm working on I can do this. And then here's how the rest of that schedule lays out. So fun things, great things, good, productive flow and yeah. feng shui. Yes, yeah, that thing you get it separated apart. Now you can set it off and go. Yeah. But yeah, what do we got on our docket tonight? You got uh, yeah, a couple of reviews. Couple of reviews, a couple of news things, a couple of discussion points. Yep. First impressions on a TV show that I think a lot of people are looking forward to. Oh man, the buzz off of that has been insane. I think I'll try and watch it tonight mm -hmm. after we get done. Yep. Um, maybe or maybe maybe not after my well, either before or after my Beat Saber workout. Because I do have a VR setup, so now yep. I can actually play VR games. Yep. The first episode is pretty long. It's about 89 minutes, but it's a good length for what it does. Well, it's HBO. HBO yep. is not restricted by anything. No, nope, they kind of just do what they want, and it usually comes out gold. Yeah. Oh, not to mention we had the new trailer for The Mandalorian Season 3 drop. That's yep. going to be nice. Oh, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what um uh, what happens when he goes back to Mandalore. So. Yep. Oh, so I've been running my mouth on what I've been doing for the last two weeks. What about you, Ryan? What have you been what up to? What have I been doing for the last two weeks? What you been up to? What you got? What I've been up to? Well, just mostly work and school is starting back. So, you know, I've had a couple classes. I'm not driving to campus this year because it's a telecommute. So I just opened up my laptop and watched the professor from home. Didn't feel like paying that parking uh, pass. So I was like, I'm going to pick the choice to stay home. The watch class. It's uh, it's called Pocahontas Unleashed, so it's a Native American studies class, hmm. and it dives a little bit deeper into the history of the Native Americans and the culture, and you know the you know the others other stories that are part of it, because you know what is typical, but what is the actual stuff behind it? Yeah. And a lot of the stories that we started reading is starting to realize, you know, how people fantasize the idea, romanticize it because they want it to be. A very positive kind of reflection but when you realize that pocahontas was only like 10 or 11 years old at the time kind of makes you think back to like okay that's cool but anyways <laughs> yeah maybe um, this wasn't such a hot idea yeah so it's interesting but it's cool because you get to learn deeper dive into where we live and i get an understanding of you know the area a little bit more but um other than that you know games and movies but did a little thing with you over the weekend That's right. we the, went to... the car show it's yep. the hampton roads international car show they do it every year minus no every year minus covid time um and it's always in january and they all they do they put out the new models for all the makes mostly a lot of the dealers in the area the only dealer 
that I noticed that wasn't there was Subaru, Nissan, and you mentioned Tesla. Yeah. So those three weren't there, but otherwise, all the other major brands were there. Yeah, and, that was a that was that was kind of fun. Definitely yep. got some walking in. Yep. I enjoy that because I always like looking at the different varieties, different vehicles, kind of get an idea what the car makers are aiming for. And just like last year, it seems like there's a strong emphasis on on three on three things. Um, there's a lot more electric vehicles this year than last year. The variety of electric vehicles is what really astonishes me because it's not just when you think of EVs, you think of like a, you have a certain image in your head what you think of EVs. But when you're walking around that showroom floor, you notice that they have EVs in car models, SUV models, truck models, sports car models. So you're realizing the technology is starting to move a certain way. Another big emphasis I noticed is that there's not many cars being made anymore. It's either trucks or a variation of SUVs. Which, you know, that's not a surprise. Yeah, but I was excited because there was one vehicle I wanted to see. Uh, which was the, the, the Ford Lightning, the Ford um, electric F-150. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of cool. Got to see that. And I noticed another thing that I noticed that a lot of these vehicles, regardless EV or not, they have a lot of digital displays as their console. Not just their center console, because my car has that center console digital, but like the, the screen controls everything. So. I mean... It, it's it's always funny to see luxury cars had this stuff 10 years ago, and now we're seeing it in the everyday car. Yeah, it's standard. Yeah. Everything that was luxury is standard. And yeah, it's just which cool. is fun. Yeah. I think I got, it's fun. And I got a lot of pictures. I did post them up on the book face, tagged Scuba over in a few of them. So, yeah. yeah looking, looking, I, haven't updated, I haven't uploaded mine yet. Yeah, so looking mighty good in that, 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 that truck, that Ram, though. You're, like, sitting proud in that one. Yeah, I was looking at trucks. I'm still debating if I want to go back to a full size truck or stay in the, stay in the Jeep family yep. uh, for a new vehicle. But it's, it, I think it's really gonna. The thing I know, and that's the nice thing about the car show, and, and that is, in fact, they had the big trucks that they had the full size trucks, and could see which one I was comfortable in in my current current state. Yep. And it's definitely the. It, honestly, I think Ford and Chevy. Uh, probably the two that have them are the most roomy in terms of the interior cab. I think she- I think I think I think she- I think I might go with a Silverado, maybe. I'm- Chevy did have a lot of room. Ford had a good variety. I didn't really look at a lot of the other trucks. I was like looking at a lot of the SUVs. Wasn't wasn't too thrilled with the Dodge this time. Uh, the Silverado was the Silverado was definitely nice. Um, the two fit the the twenty five series twenty five hundred series was definitely very rumory. I mean, it was the first truck I sat in or first vehicle I sat in in a long time where I actually had to adjust the seat forward in order to sit in it comfortably. <laughs> now that, that, that in mind, I'm, I'm I'm six foot. I'm a big guy. Yeah. Most cars, trucks, whatever I get into, the first thing I do is is sliding the seat back. back. Yeah. This one, it's oh no, I've got to slide it forward. It's like, I see where this is going. And it was very cool because it was the car, the vehicle was on and he didn't realize it was on. I mean, the other thing I noticed is a lot of push button start. It's like, I don't, I don't think I saw anything with a key. Nope. There was not a lot with keys. There was actually more vehicles I saw with either a, a dial shifter or a button shifter mm. too. I mean, you still have the shifter, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like every vehicle didn't have a keyhole. It was, it was a push start pretty much. So, I mean, that's that's the world we're going to, man. Yep. 
That's the World yep, War Tucson. My last two vehicles um, were push starts. So. Now yeah. at the front, they had a little car show going on. Yeah. Uh, you're at a car show, but in the front, they had like a judging thing. You can, yeah. They have these. They had these classic cars that you could judge. You could put in your opinion for or win a gaff, get, gas gift certificate or some goofiness. But yeah. they had a they had some really nice ones. I the three I like the mo- the three I like the most. Was the uh, the classic Land Cruiser? I think it was a nineteen seventies Land Cruiser. Uh, there was a uh, a nineteen thirties pickup truck, and then there was a nineteen seventies Bronco. Are you talking about this one right yeah, here? Yeah, right, that one right there. Yeah, that one. It's I mean. It's like the it's like the the thirties the fifty I think that was did you catch a picture of the uh the the tag in front of it no no I didn't get a tag picture of the tag but hey yeah I I want to say that was fifties or seventies yeah. yeah it's probably it's in between there fifties or so but it was a very cool little Land Cruiser of course you know getting into looking at overlanding and jeeps and stuff that's where I'm gonna look yeah um so but overall there was just so many vehicles to look at it was it was very cool some of the color ballots and everything yeah like i like that one between the two uh oh that ferrari oh no that was the uh porsche yeah between the two porsches red and that yellow i like that just because i, I, I like kind of bumblebee colors yeah just because i kind of like do that in forza i always do that when i do my paint jobs so yeah kind of cool seeing it but yeah they did like you said emphasis on trucks yeah, um, I still got a couple of years before I have to worry about buying one, so we'll see. <laughs> you know, that's always a good thing about the car show. You can go in there, you can check, you can gauge, you can see uh, a lot of the different variations between the different, you know, makes, and not worry about people running up to you like, hey, I'm trying to sell you something, you know. No well, I think I think the thing right now with inflation and the interest rates being what it is, it's like I'd like to focus on some other priorities. Yeah. I don't need a new vehicle right now. Oh yeah, totally understand. My current vehicles are paid off. My current vehicles work. <laughs> so if you see me vibrating, that means I'm knocking hard on the wood, people. Um. So I, I with that, so I'm not that's, really worried about it. That's all that matters. Is like, is it paid off? Is it working? Yeah. So, so I mean, we'll see how things go. I will. I know the other thing I'm looking at is like, if I do get one, I want to get one that I can definitely use for some long distance commuting so i since going back and forth to new york now on a more regular basis yeah and, and next year we've got this year we've got uh two trips on the books we're planning for new york so we'll see how that plays out all righty so um i think we're good there so i guess we can go ahead and get into our reviews eh? reviews of the two movies all right we're gonna start with megan Yes, new sir. New horror film uh, about an AI gone bad because somebody told it to do something and didn't think about how literal the AI was going to take the instruction. Yes. So, yeah. So, Megan is the is a, is a horror. I will say horror slash comedy. Uh, that is another one from the the famed studio Blumhouse. And if you know Blumhouse, you know they like to do films. They can make films two cents they find in the couch. And make a ton of money from them, and this film is no exception. It's um, they went and they made this for twelve million, and just to look at the box office right now, it's had in it's at ninety six worldwide. So yeah, it's making ninety six million in its opening weekend. Yeah, 
uh, 96 total today to oh, this day. Today. It made 30 million That's its right. opening. It's been yeah. out two weeks. Yeah. It's made 30 million its opening weekend, which That's is not too shabby post pandemic. Yeah. So, especially but, for a horror film. Yeah. So, like you said, uh, this is a film that focuses on a doll, but specifically it focuses on a, the relationship between an aunt and her niece. So, Gemma, played by Allison Williams, and Katie, played by uh, Violet McGraw. Um, she takes custody over her niece because of a tragic accident that happens with her parents. So she's kind of thrust into this uh, role of parenting, but she's also a highly uh, skilled like uh, tech, tech uh, data science engineer for this big conglomerate. And she decides is like, okay, let's go ahead and give her an attachment or some way to you know bridge her sorrow and misery by having her interact with this doll called Megan. Um, and it's a AI companion that starts to get a little bit close to, um, to Katie. And because of that, when certain things happen, she goes on the prowl and starts people and things. So, yeah. So, uh, going into this film, you have an idea of what to expect, but then what you expect, it gets subverted because of two things. One, the relationship and the dynamic between Gamma and Katie, you get to see this like kind of like uh, parental and conflict between uh, them because she's not used to being a parent and she's just trying to figure out her way to help Katie and Katie's struggling with the loss of her parents. So it deals with this grief, loss, and this parenting and emotional connection which leads into the doll. And the doll itself creates this infusion of comedy with this horror. So it's more of a horror comedy, and it entertains on that aspect because of the way that Megan does things, and her witty conversation and dialogue she has with people it infuses this like experience of creative instinct looked at what is Megan and her purpose against the backdrop of Gemma and Katie's relationship. I mean, I can't, I cannot fathom anywhere where somebody somebody is not gonna think this is just gonna go completely horribly wrong. When you make an AI, yeah, and you say protect this girl from all harm, yeah. So it's kind of cool because what 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 could have hurt this film is is uh, leaning on to those cliches that you find in you know uh, dolls going uh, crazy. Well, like, let, let, I mean, let let's compare it against a couple of the couple of the bigger ones. We have Chucky, yeah, obviously, yeah. That that's pretty. pretty I mean, up. he had the witty comebacks. Yeah. He was a he, but but he wasn't an AI. He was a spirit trapped in a toy yeah, and yeah. all that, you know. And then there's Ex Machina, yeah. Which Ex Machina was an absolutely wonderful indie film, talking about AI being self aware and 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 interaction with human people. Yeah. So these are these are a couple of horror ish yeah. movies yeah. that are very that's uh, on the surface have a same have a similar premise. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, but it kind of diverges because there is this, like, um, it, it takes, like, a lot of those concepts, but instead of relying on those cliches, it focuses on that relationship, which allows you to breathe in this, like, layer dynamic of, like, a pseudo-commentary on technology, parenting, and the emotional connections between trying to form a bond with someone you really don't have, mm. and it's because of this doll. And that doll actually creates this, like, interesting wedge that produces that comedy. So what I've liked about a lot of horror films in the last like couple of years is that it's not just a straight shooter. It's not predictable. It infuses different elements to create a different dynamic. Like I mentioned earlier, this is a horror comedy. 
you're laughing a lot to a lot of things that are happening and it, it takes away it actually takes away in a good way from all the cliches that you might have expected but it doesn't happen as expected so mm. okay <clears throat> all right so what are we calling it overall this is actually uh the first movie i saw this year and is a great start for 2023 and a great start for horror films again because last year i said was like the year of horror and it looks like this might be another year for horror so overall it's gonna be a year of movies yeah, period it's yeah, like so, you can't blink without a major it, film drop it deals with very familiar tropes but in a way that is very refreshing and good so this is another one from james wan who is known as the horror king over in blumhouse so he helped write this story so he gets creative he gets unique he takes the familiar and pushes it to a new level 3.5 out of 5 not bad not yeah. bad positive yeah. positive review i think a lot of people enjoy this well, I mean, it, it, it looks like it's got some good production yeah. value and it looks like they, you know, they're trying something new. They're trying to not come across, come across too cliche, but yeah. adding a, adding the comedy element just kind of sits there and just gives you that double slap. It's yeah, like, they, they, oh, this is really violent. Wait, yeah. what did she just say? Yeah, it's what she says, how she dances, kind of the, like, it, it, it knows, it's aware of what it is and it plays off, off that commentary. Totally. Yeah. And our second film for today is going to be A Man Called Otto. This yes, is the sir. latest one by Tom Hanks. Yes, sir. Um, so A Man Called Otto, this is actually a film that's an adapted from a foreign film, a Swedish film, and also a Swedish book. And the book is called A Man Called Ov, O-V-O. So they changed that up a little bit. So, so judging from the trailer... This looks like it's a middle-aged individual, but Tom Hanks, Yep. Uh, in a neighborhood, and there's new neighbors coming in, and they are of a younger generation that is, from his reactions to their uh, slice of life, are completely out of their, in over their heads. Yeah. In day-to-day, in, in just life. I mean, I think that's one of the, to me, that's one of the things that appeals to this. Yeah. Is that, especially especially now that one of my kids is now living on his own and, and having <laughs> some interactions and realizing that they are doing, other, they, are, they are at times appearing like they're in way over their heads. <laughs> and, you know, and of course he's, he's got some baggage. He's got some history. He's not very friendly. Yeah. But because these people are just, so in over their head he helps them because he had like any decent human being he feels obligated he helps and then that turns into you know kind of the whole the whole grumpy old man the odd couple thing where it's like okay he get he he gets reintegrated into the neighborhood instead yeah. of being the standoffish person that everybody knows but nobody's everybody's afraid to talk to yeah in a way like uh the trailer does a good job of hiding a lot of the like meat and potatoes of this film. So it does not give anything away. I could say that the trailer is probably like 1% of what the film really is. The trailer does the trailer does set up an interest to watch the film. Yeah. So yeah. if it's only giving you 1%, the yeah. film the there film had is, to be very had to have a lot more in the background. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot more girth than meets the eye. Transformers okay. reference people. Uh, but anyways, 
uh, like you said, Otto, played by Tom Hanks, is this like broken old guy for some reason, and he's a curmudgeon. He, you know, he interacts in certain ways and is always in constant conflict with people in his neighborhood and other people he interacts with. And then you, there's something in his backstory that start to get through it through flashbacks and other not but before that he's just an old guy who feels like there's nothing else worth to live for in this life and blah 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 and then the new neighbors move in and what the new neighbors do like you mentioned is like they cause a wedge into his like rumpiness and that that contrasting um interaction forms this unusual bond of friendship between the family especially between otto and marisol uh who is the wife they form a really closer bond, and then he starts to... Uh, what this leads into is a very typical feel-good movie. Very predictable beats. So you got a lot of recycling of melodramatic moments, aloof comedy, and physical hijinks. You see some of it in the trailer. So you got these like witty one-liners, and then like uh, like uh, uh, physical comedy and stuff that happens in between the dramatic moments. So it follows a beat-by-beat feel-good story, but what makes the film enjoyable is watching... Tom Hanks' character interact with uh, Marina's character, and you start to see that the the curmudgeonness starts to melt away because she is uh, very uh, head uh, steadfast in trying to break and figure out why is he like the way he is. And I, you, I, I love those things where yeah. it's like this is a battle of attrition, yeah. and who's going to last longer? Yeah. So that is what makes the film good, and it ties back to these flashbacks that you start to see. Oh, the reason why he is the way he is. And eventually, um, it doesn't move away from a lot of familiar stuff. There is a lot of, like, once you move into the second half, there are things, you've mentioned it before, where something is introduced, a thing, a person, or setting is introduced. And it doesn't try to, you know, develop any of it. It's just a point, 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 and it all just converges on one specific moment. And I think that's what takes away from the levity of the film and the relationship that Otto forms with Marisol and the stuff that the reason behind why he is what he is. Um, even with that familiarity, it still kind of ends on a very poignant note because it is a feel-good story. So you you, you know what's going to happen. You know the, the old guy, the, the ice melts, and he starts to open up, and he starts to do things, and yeah. So it's your... Typical feel-good movie with strong performances, but very, very heavily telegraphed. You're going to know how this movie's going to end. Well, I mean, yeah, you kind of... Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that's kind of how Tom Hanks' yeah. films have been for a while now. In the last couple years, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, 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 it's a good movie. It's a feel-good movie. You enjoy it. It is, you know, a dime yeah. a dozen of this same kind of stuff, but, you know, they kind of change up the story from what it was in the Swedish version because the Swedish version actually goes a little bit deeper oh, and really? actually elevates the character okay. looks more. So it looks like not trying to compare the two films, but you notice that Tom Hanks strips away a lot of stuff just to go along beat by beat. The typical feel good movie, you know, to aim for that crowd that likes the feel good movies. Hey, you know, sometimes that's what we need. Yeah. We need, we need some movies yeah. like that. Not everything has to be a big, you know, yeah. summer it's, blockbuster edge of your seat yeah. The heroics yeah. and shenanigans. Yeah, I've mentioned that before in other films. Sometimes you just need that simple insert genre, whatever it is, and that's and it's good. So three out of five. It's a fun movie. You know, your parents will enjoy it. If you like feel good movies, definitely check it out. Go check out ryereviews.com for more information on the different reviews and read them for yourself and feel free to comment below on what you thought of some of them. 
Alrighty, back to the chatting. Oh yeah. So those two moves out the way, it's gonna be a little lull until we hit February and then if you heard me just, you know, off mic just naming all the films, you can kinda of get an idea of what I'm gonna watch. Oh yeah, we got a lot going. We yeah. got a lot we're gonna watch. There's a yeah, lot yeah. of coming down. Well, speaking about coming down, I caught the first episode of The Last of Us. Yes, I meant to. I got a notification, but I was probably recovering from all the work around here. <laughs> oh, it's all good. I mean, it, it it's weird because I got new shelving and add, increased my storage capability, and then it was like, okay, let me clean this stuff out. It's like, do I need this? Do I not need this? I mean, I threw away an extra... I had, like, three speaker sets hooked up for the computers. I'm like, I don't need this. I'm, yeah, sometimes you just realize you don't need all of it. Yeah, so it's like, I haven't used this in two years, or three years, or six years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't need this. Gone. I don't need it. Gone. Take it away. Yeah. Vamos. Vamos. But, uh, yeah, I, I meant to watch it. I know I was really excited to watch it because it was... It is probably one of the most anticipated series to come out. Yeah. And did not disappoint. HBO actually released an announcement not too long ago that this was their second best premiere in HBO's history. Yeah. I think it had 4.6 million people watch it. Let's see. I'm bringing up the article from Collider. They said it did 4.7 million viewers across linear and HBO Max platforms. So, yeah, yeah, so it, it, it's the second biggest. Well, which one is currently? Is it? The, the largest is House of the Dragon last year. So. Oh, okay. So, but, you know, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of people putting eyes on that show. But you can see why, because my impressions of the first episode, I, I've played the first game at least one third of the first game, never played the second. Uh, so there's a lot of story beats that I don't know. There's story beats I do know, at least in the beginning of the game. So going in the first episode, I kind of had an idea of what's going to happen. But even though they did a good job of elevating the experience and building off the narrative that was from the game and expanding on characters that you know from it and the changes that they make, a lot of times people complain about changing from what is, but the changes actually elevate the experience. And the way that it, they introduce into the world is the way I love storytelling, regardless of it being comics, uh, TV, movie, whatever you want to say. They do the show, not tell method. And what I mean by this is that what they do is that they show glimpses of things. You get the experience from the perspective of a character or said characters, and they don't tell you. And they build the world through just visualization and experience. So just one one thing, I'm just, if it's a spoiler or not, not really. They're in the vehicle, and when the vehicle's driving off, it has a sticker indicating that uh, they were in Desert Storm. They didn't have to go into a full 17-minute exposition of them being on the military field just by seeing the sticker and watching it worn down and watching what, how uh, um, Joel and his brother interact. You get an idea. Okay, they're military men, this, 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 this. No, they just weren't. by that... Just by doing that without telling, just by visualizing it, you get an idea. Well, and I think the other thing I was reading is also it's like um, they're not planning to deviate from the story. They're they're not really going to deviate a lot. So we're if you if you like the if you if you watch the story for The Last of Us, the first one because that's going to be this first season is the is that first game. Yeah. And all of that, it, you're in for a really good treat because I think. But then because some of the things they're doing is they're not worried about retelling 
the story in a different way, but they're telling it and they're grounding it, they're grounding it even better. Yep. Because one of the there was a comment I read somewhere where it's like, okay, uh, Pedro Pascal was like, look, a 55 year old man is not going to crouch around as much as he does in the video game. No. He's going to be. It, it, yeah. So, so so it's that kind of realism of like an actual physical person because obviously in games you can suspend a little bit of logic here yeah well in games you know they have to do things because it is games but being that this is narrative telling in a tv format they do a great job just to add on to your points they do ground it you ground it to the characters they ground it to the emotions and they produce tension in a way that feels organic humanistic and real especially in the first 15 minutes you are so tensed up with what's happening that you just like because you don't know what's going on well you have an idea what's going on but you don't know what's going on and that perspective of even even though you know that that's why this the first episode is such a great introduction to a new series because they're ele they're able to elevate it even when you know you're still shocked and intense and emotionally pushed by all the experience so in the second half when they uh, move forward in time just like the game um, they even they make a lot of different changes but stick to the core essence of of, uh, of Joel meeting Ellie and then what happens from there yeah so I'm gonna like I said I'm gonna catch up on it uh, yeah. season's just getting started yeah. oh yeah so overall good start I think it's a good premiere for a brand new show um, and it gets you hooked yes so, and that's what I, I that's what I say the three prongs in starting a new series hook um, um, hook layering Blind. and Sinker. go that's how that's how I call it <laughs> hook layering and go that's how I call it if you nice. can't hook me then I don't even start there's a lot of TV shows where it didn't hook me in the first episode I was like move on <laughs> Um, actually, you know what? I actually have an anime. I could say that too. And there's a new anime on Hulu called uh, Trigun Stampede. Yep. It's basically like a retelling of the Trigun and uh, manga. Uh, now, I, I remember watching the original Trigun anime, and it was such such great fun. This one, it's like. I watched that first episode and it's like, hey, 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 it's it's not dubbed, so it's a little little hard to follow. Uh, but if that's your thing, that's your thing. But for me, it was a CGI animated film, a lot like the some of the new Godzilla stuff that's on Netflix and yeah. things like that. It was like it has its place, but it's like there's no you're not really seeing much mystery in it. It's like, it's literally, you're the, like, you remember back to the original anime, so yeah. if you haven't watched it, but it, it did come out like 30 years ago. It came out a while ago. <laughs> original <laughs> anime, you, you go through 90% of the show before you realize that he had a twin brother and that they came from, they were, they were colonists from another, they were colonists arriving on this planet and then everything went sideways. In Trigun Stampede, that's where you start. And then you fast forward to Vash being the only one, one of the few people who knows how to work half this technology that's crumbling apart because nobody bought no, nobody who knew how to work. It survived the, the landing or whatever it was. So, but I just, uh, first episode, it wasn't much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It happens that way. I know it was on, uh, on my list to check out. Cause every, out, yeah. give me your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, I, yeah. I think it's because I have such fond memories of the classic anime and that yeah. classic style and the way I'm thinking yeah. when I, I think of Bash, it's like this is how I think of him. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's like every every year, you know, you have your four seasons, uh, four quarters of different anime. So that was one on my list. But I can get what you mean by that classic anime. You're so touched to it. Me, it's Cowboy Bebop. So I had to separate myself when I watched that live action. So I totally understand what you mean. But I might oh, yeah, watch the. I'm, I'm, I, I granted I was a little late to the Cowboy Bebop yeah. thing. Um, but I did. But yeah, there's definitely a. I appreciate the live action did what it's co- what it could yeah. do to emulate the original anime, but I am but it's it's the storytelling was just not on the same level. Yeah, so I totally get it. It's hard to separate, but you know, I'll check out the first episode and I'll give you more thoughts. I think the second episode's out now too. Okay, I'll check out both episodes. But I was gonna try yeah. your thing. Give it three episodes. If it's good, it's good. Yeah. If it's not, it's not. That's Go how I that. usually do it. That, that does it. That's my. My personal thing. There's only been one show that I've I've uh, let me rephrase it. There's been two shows that I've not done that with. You know, it doesn't happen. But it's usually uh, three episodes where I give it a chance. Yeah, I think even when I tried JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, I still gave it at least a few episodes before I was like, no, yeah. I can't. Yeah. Animes, animes at, with the amount of anime I've watched in my lifetime. It usually takes at least three episodes, especially the way they do storytelling in anime. It usually takes that. Yeah. But alrighty. So Last of Us, gonna check that out. If you have, if you checked it out, please feel free to leave a comment. Let us know what you thought of it. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Or are you just like, hey, just another one to catch up. Yep. But you know. Alrighty. Um. Do do. So, well, state of game. There isn't a whole lot to talk about about games. No. Nope. I'm not really uh, diverting. I'm just kind of waiting for Resident Evil 4 remake, so, and a few other games. I'm just waiting. Well, I, I think, I, like I said, I've been mainly playing. I've been, I hooked up and was playing the VR, uh, specifically Beat Saber, because I wanted to do something that was a little more physically active. And you know, I remember my, I remember my friend uh, who, who brought the vr over and left it here uh <laughs> it was the you know he'd have days where it's like he really felt kind of worn out after playing it and i gotta be honest with you there are some of those songs like you it's like some song like i've got like lincoln park imagine dragons uh i just got the the rock thing where like steppenwolf and 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 kiss and stuff but lincoln park green day and imagine dragons Listening to their songs, they're great. They get they they they, they have an in, impact. They do their thing. When you go listen to the same song, and realize the and you add it to Beat Saber, where you realize you're trying to hit these 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 color coded boxes in time with the music, it's like holy hell! What is up? It is fast. Oh, yeah. It can get really fast. And it, it, you don't even think, and you may not think about it when you listen to the song, because the song may not feel that fast. But it probably But is. when you add it to something like this, it feels really fast. <laughs> um, and then, you know, but I have to say my criticisms for Beat Saber are there's no randomized play. Okay. If you're solo, I would just like to hit random, random songs instead of having to constantly pick through the other thing is is no continuous play like if i want to go in and play solo sit in there hit start whether i had a playlist or not and it would just song after song after song instead of song done click next 
And last night, last night when I did my time on it, I got about 50 minutes solid. I pretty much started at the first playlist bundle and went song, 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 song. I was like, as soon as the, as soon as the song was done, it went to the menu screen, I just picked the next one. Yeah. And I just worked my way through. And it's like, but I would love a randomized playlist. I hear there's a couple of mods you can download from Steam to apply to Beat Saber so you could do that. I haven't yeah. taken a look at it yet. I'll let you know. But, you know, I mean, when it came out, it was like, you know, kind of the thing. I didn't realize it was much of a thing until I watched Adam Savage video where he made lightsaber handles for his <laughs> uh, Oculus. There you go. And then he did some Beat Saber and uh, things like that. And then, you know, friend getting it and then bringing it over and played it. It was like kind of cool. But the living room, kinda, I went through a few iterations so we could never really keep it set up. And then the night when I was redoing the studio, it's like, hey, I've got this new open area. That's right a lot there, more people. open than it was. So it was all right. Took some time, got the sensors figured out, got the mapping done, and now it's like, all I got, I'd push a chair to block off the entryway to the room so nobody can sneak up on me. Yeah. And then I can go. I, go. The other game I tried was the Talos Principle. That one is definitely going to be one to, 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 to kind of get you because the immersion aspect is great. The but it's the the puzzle solving is on a whole different level when you're using the VR versus using um, a controller because I played Talos Principle on on PC and it, it it definitely works a little differently. I was I, I'm I, I wish there were more games. Yeah, it's a that's the thing I with VR. Like, there's not a lot of choices, but no, most of it's all most of it's all first person shooter. It's like yeah. I'm not interested in that. If yeah. I wanted to do that, I'd go play Quake or I'd go play Doom. I don't want to do that. I want to do puzzle things and things yeah. and stuff like that. So it, it just it, takes the investment, and then you know people are still hesitant to invest in it. So what? Hopefully. Well, I mean, the PlayStation VR two is coming out. I'm thinking about getting that for home. Uh, especially with the Horizon uh, Zero Dawn VR game that's coming. Um, and who knows? Maybe we'll see. Right now, Beat Saber is solid because it's got great immersion and it's got it's got some practical, it's got some easy casual stuff to it. Um, I'd love to play The Witness in mm, VR. That, <laughs> that A puzzle game like yeah, that. That'd be interesting. You know, kind of deal. But anyways. Yeah, so no, no new games here. I'm just um, just waiting. Resident Evil 4 Remake. The Star Wars, um, the next star, the sequel to Jedi, uh, Jedi Survivor. Yes, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So I think that comes out around March. Both those games come out in March or April. So you expect know, some stuff Fallen, on that. Fallen Order just dropped on PlayStation Plus. Uh, well, <laughs> with a PlayStation Plus game. Speaking um, of PlayStation, I'm still on the fence if I want to just get the God of War game for PS4 and play it might just do it i was serious question serious question serious focus people i've got a playstation credit card that uh, when i would use it i would get points at the sony store yes recently after not touching it for like a year i went and checked i have enough points to get a copy of god of war ragnarok i'm not sure if i should that's up to you. Are you going to find... And the, the thing, the thing is, is, it won't yeah. It won't even take the majority of my points. <laughs> yeah, the thing is... The thing is... The game is like, it's like a 40-60 uh, hour game. You're going to dedicate all that time to playing that game? I'm halfway... Th I think I'm like halfway 
through the first one and I haven't touched it in like three weeks because, you know, it, it's 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 like I'd like to, but I'm not in any rush. Yep. Like, I, I just saw the trailer for the new Horizon uh, DLC for Forbidden West and I'm like, I need to finish that game. I haven't finished that one. Yep. I don't have really any games that I need to finish. I mean, I could go back to beat Elden Ring. But, I mean, I had that uh, Strangers in Paradise, the Final Fantasy game, which that's not a game where I'm, like, in a rush. I go play a few hours and then come out. Yeah, I mean, it's not a big deal. I'm I'm, I'm debating. I haven't. I, I'm debating uh, whether or not. Plus, I have plenty of other things. And I think one of the other things on my schedule planning is, is dedicating some time because I've got friends asking me to log into our Valheim server that I host. But I haven't played it since I first stood it up a year and a half ago. Oh, yeah. That game is up on uh, Xbox Game Pass. I might check it out. Yeah, well, I've got a server I'm running, so yeah. I one of the things I wanted to test is could I log into my ser- my game world through the Xbox version? Can I'll I be can. There. I'm, I'm 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 game. I'll you know we can we can we can talk. But uh, yeah, I need to do that now that I got my game set up in a new way. It's like I need to play them. I just haven't played them yet. Yep. Uh, even with school, I find I always have time. But I'm getting into tax season. Yeah. Getting into tax season, which means my hours are going to go from like 8 a.m. to midnight. Little time. So I'm going to have time while I'm waiting for something to explode. Yeah. Isn't that sad? Explosion. I'm waiting for things to explode. Not that I want them to explode, but I am available for them to explode. So it gives me But it's a good thing that nothing has. Yeah, it's a very good thing. And uh, my team is great. My team is great. After a year of of this is is the way I want it to go, this is the vision I have, this is the the progress, I'm seeing that start to... See people. Show up and fruition. And that mindset starts taking root. It's absolutely great. And I think one of my one of my one of my team was telling me is like, look, we're getting into where it's not your your busy season is like the in between tax season. Yeah, our busy season is during tax season because in between is when I'm really running around trying to get things in place so that tax plug it season here, goes plug well. it here, plug it here, yeah. And whereas they're like, okay, their go time is it, it's really hilarious. But I just got a new hire, so I'm learning the whole new hire process and getting this person onboarded and getting them started and the manager thing to do. It's the manager thing to do, but it's, it's, it's just literally, it's like, this feels right. So we're going to go in that direction because I don't have a freaking clue what else I should do. <laughs> just go. Well, today it was like two hours just getting their login so they could access the domain system. It was a pain in the butt, but because I couldn't see it, I couldn't understand what the issue was. Thankfully, another one of the other guys helped me out and helped help the help this new hire out. So tomorrow is going to be their all right training, 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 working with people and getting through all this stuff. It'll be great. It's just oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. It happens. It happens. All right. Enough of me complaining about that stuff. <laughs> Let's get into some new stuff. Yeah, getting some uh some uh some news pieces that happen over the two weeks oh wow well, you know we're getting close to our hour mark and we want to try to keep it around an hour why don't we say we pick one of these stories and let's talk about it which All one right. which one of these four stories do you want to shall we pick and have a discussion on 
Well, the discussion is going to be DD, so the news pieces are quick hitters. So, All right, so, so do your DD, 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 okay. time for some news. Some news alerts. So everybody's familiar with Sierra Mist. It's a Pepsi product that a lot of us have drank over the years, but starting this year, 1st of 2023, you say goodbye to Sierra Mist. So Pepsi Cola has announced that they are not making any more Sierra Mist, and they're going to replace it with a new brand called Starry. So hopefully this brand will be able to compete with Sprite, which is a Coca-Cola brand. So that's pretty much it. It launched in 1999, so it's been around for quite a while. Sorry, has been around, or Sierra Mist. Sierra Mist has been around since '99. Yeah, that makes sense. It wasn't. I mean, it's really hard to put Mountain Dew against Sprite. Yeah. So yeah, they tried to create the product to go against Sprite, but you know, a lot of people like Sprite. So. All right. And next item is. Next uh, item is- CES. The CES 2023. Yep. The uh, Consumer Electronics Show. Yes, sir. Where you get to see all the new kind of cool gadgety things. I know for years it was like if you wanted to see what was trending was with Android phones, you went to CES. Yeah. So CES, uh, they did uh, happen in the last couple weeks of the new year. So a couple things that caught my eye was, um, was uh, they're actually trying to do a flying car. Um, they're going to have a new handheld that will compete with uh, Steam Deck and Switch. There have Switch. been flying car yeah. options since the 90s, dude. Yeah. yeah, the Tesla of the sea. So they're actually uh, aiming to make a EV hydro boat. But the one thing that caught my eye oh, is really? that Sony, everybody knows Sony. They make games, they make systems, they make movies, but they're teaming up with Honda to make a car coming out in 2026. That was the one thing that caught my eye in there. Anything that caught your eye skimming that um, thing? Um, not skimming through it. There was some of the tech, so the TVs and 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 video projection stuff. Uh, that Alienware laptop. That's like the super thin gaming laptop. That's, I need that laptop. I'm wondering how well the how well the airflow is going to go because that's yeah. always been notorious yeah. with game because. Obviously, when you're using a gaming rig, you're yeah. using you're using some stuff that's pretty that's trying to render at a pretty high fidelity rate. And if you it, it and if you have seen the the forty series cards, yeah, uh, even the thirty series cards, because Buddy of Mine's got a thirty eighty or a thirty seventy, it came with an extra mount to put in the computer to keep it from sagging the chip the card was so heavy and it was like two inches two three inches thick now most of your laptops are not that thick yeah we haven't seen laptops that are three inches thick since the 90s yeah so a laptop that comes in under an inch thick all I can think about is it like when I see that, I think about that new Dell I bought, which is really thin. Oh no, it's a Samsung laptop, which is really thin. So I, I don't know, but you know, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, even my MacBook Pro that I got last year uh, in 2021, is like if I run a game on this, it you, you, you can tell the fan starts blowing, it starts getting really kind of uncomfortable yeah. and, and whatnot. And yet we're talking about a, a gaming laptop that is supposed to be super thin, super lightweight, but can run the latest games. Yeah. What's the catch? Yeah. Let I mean. Yeah. It's Let's it's see. not some. It, it's a matter of physics at this yeah. point. It's it's a wait and see approach. But yeah, you want to check out anything from? Oh, the, the new folding tablet. I think there was a little <laughs> gif of a, yeah. a person who's like he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna unfold it this way and then I'm gonna stretch it that way. Yeah. So yeah, it's cool. 
Uh, so you check out CNET.com. They have all the gizmos and gadgets that you can find there. Yep, yep. All right. All right, so our discussion um, is going to be on D&D. So let's start with the positive first before <laughs> we head into this all GL controversy, and you can go into that a little bit more. But on the positive side, hey, so we know that a new D&D movie is coming out this year in March, um, but not only is that happening, but they have greenlit a series a Dungeons and Dragons series, an eight-episode uh, series, is going to come to Paramount Plus. So, uh, Red Notice filmmaker Roshan Marshall uh, Thuber wrote the pilot script and is set to direct the first episode of the series, which is in co-production between E1 and Paramount Pictures. So, it's going to be a Paramount Plus exclusive series, and it'll be coming out relatively soon. So, probably at the end of the year or the beginning of next year. So, that's cool. D and D is like expanding. It. I like it. Well, yeah. I mean. That was the that was the thing they're working toward now, yeah. which leads into the whole OGL, yeah. so, OGL thing. So, Deadline reported the article on Paramount Plus in the new series, but the OGL, I'm gonna leave it to you. This is courtesy of GamesRadar.com. So, well, uh, take it away. What is this whole the, the OGL? Article, thing? The article that Rye added to our shoutouts is from GamesRadar, yeah. but. If you are in the tabletop space, the whole thing with this was uh, pretty uh, traumatic. But let, let's set this up. Set it so up. In, in 2000, okay. uh, Wizards of the Coast put out their open, oh, their OGL, which is an open game license. This is basically a license, licensing for people to use uh, aspects of the Dungeons & Dragons game to in to build um modules and companions and and create creatures and whatnot that are not direct that are are compatible but they're not and but and it protects the 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 um the actual um intellectual property like okay. great great example of this is in the miniature space uh wizards has um has has a line of miniatures that they put out they have then they, one of the miniatures is called the beholder uh reaper minis also does miniatures they have a miniature that looks like a beholder but it is not a beholder okay um that that, that that's that gray area so we have and and this ogl is why we have such is literally how the game pathfinder came to its existence where path where Pathfinder was designed to be a a kind of an offshoot of D and D, but using a lot of the older rules of D and D, and then it took on a life of its own. This is also yeah. where you get into a lot of other tabletop games that have been released, or all these third party uh, and freelancers who've put together this content. There's, I mean, there's a whole website, DMs Guild, for instance, is dedicated to independent freelancers making content that you can use in D&D games that it, it expands on the officially licensed content. Yep. So OGL has been around for 22 years. Okay. Exact how it was in 2000 is how it was or how it currently is right now in 2022, 2020 at the beginning of 2023. Hasbro and Wizards uh, was it made an announcement that they wanted to update their OGL. Okay. And a internal document was leaked 
to a me- a media person. Uh, I think it says in the article somebody who's at uh, IO9. Uh, L- Linda Cody. Cody Gaga. Who took this document and took this information and 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 released it to the world for all of us to consume. Uh, and it caused an absolute yeah. whirlwind storm. Yeah. Um, because now now Wizards is claiming at this point that that was a draft. <laughs> it, it was it was not the actual change. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know. But yeah. basically, this was saying that it was going to, uh, it, it it had a it had very broad sweeping impact on the entire tabletop space. Yeah. Uh, one of the bigger one of the bigger things from the article that I was talking about is okay if you are a creator and you made over hundred over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars off of your con off of your product using this OGL. You would now have to. You would then have to pay Wizards twenty five percent of your profits, yeah, as 20, a royalty payment. Yeah, that's what it says. Twenty five percent or twenty percent if funded through Kickstarter. And which there are a lot of there are a lot of modules and things that are created in Kickstarter, funded and then published, which is great. I mean, that's the beauty of these these areas that have come up. Yeah. Right. It, it 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 when you think about it, Kickstarter, miniatures, uh, all these things in the tabletop space. Have all come back. Have all kind of spawned from people creating stuff using this OGL because it was a very broad OGL at the time. Uh, so and it would impact uh, content creators. It would impact streamers. It would impact publishers because uh, part of it was is like okay, if you had previously published content, yeah, and that was under the old OGL, you have to sign an agreement. And that it has to comply with the new OGL. So there was no grandfather clause yeah. on this. So it had it, the the potential impact from what this draft article or me- memorandum changes to the thing caused such an uproar that uh, the people were canceling their subscriptions to D&D Beyond. Yeah. Uh, they had one. There was one website where there was so much traffic on people canceling their memberships. The cra- the website crashed. Yep, it mentions that here in the games radar. The, there's there was uh, uh, open letters of like uh, of of wanting this to be rescinded and walked back. Um, the competing uh, quote unquote competitor publishers, Path Paizo, who does Pathfinder. Uh, the alien, the people who did Alien, uh, Tabletop, uh, all these other ones, all released their own licensing agreements. Yep, we so that, that here too. Yeah, it could protect their content, yeah. and it has huge firestorm effect. Yeah. After a few days, Wizards walked it back, posted out a new blog post. I was actually reading through it right now, uh, where they were they were walking back uh, a number of their comments. On, on on this, and let's see, it's probably this one. Yeah, we're walking back several other comments on this, and uh, basically the most they're trying to explain it as okay. Part of what they wanted to do is they wanted to prevent any of the they want to prevent content makers from making content you through the OGL that could be considered discriminatory. Uh, and exclusive. 
the if you've been paying attention to the space right now, they've been really focusing on inclusivity. Okay. Uh, whether you whether you all functional all these different groups of people. I was trying to think of one, and it's like I know if I said the wrong one, I, I wouldn't go over well. But it basically. The idea is to be more inclusive. You, yeah. we, last year, we had that big firestorm around Satine Phoenix and the toxicity of of her prof- of her professional circle outside of what you see in her in her public persona. Um, it's all in the terms of ex- exclusivity. Uh, D- one D and D. They published a lot of stuff. There's a lot of playtest stuff out there right now. Uh, there's a lot of criticism or um, trying to streamline and take away the old um outdated uh terminology and thought process and inspiration for the characters uh we saw that in some of the recent source books that were released last year like tasha's uh cauldron and some of the others where it's like you can change up your character creation to better fit your style you don't have to fit this quote-unquote mold that's been around since the 70s yeah i get it i get it i understand that um but they walk that that that, that's what wizards is trying to use as part of why they wanted to go some of this direction with the ogl they walk back a lot of their major bits where it's like okay there is no royalty bit there this this isn't going to or anything that was previously published under the old ogl will still continue to be good uh, all these, th- all the, the like, it's like if you read this uh, article from from Io9 and and some of these other ones, you looked at the 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 top three things that were just this would, which would look like it would essentially kill this industry. Yeah. All three of those were walked back and rephrased yeah. in ways that would not be as dramatic, but. I kind of agree with some of the thought on this, and it's the the damage is done. Yeah, the the the, the confidence in the organization to it to not make this just the confidence is just not there anymore. Uh-huh. And I imagine you're with several people saying, I as I think about it, I kind of agree. You're going to see less people making homebrew type content going forward because this was already put out once it's that fool fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame yeah. on me this is yeah. this is not this is the, yeah. I, I was thinking the scent about of the this. tea leaves yeah i was thinking about this this kind of this kind of goes with some of the big political controversy like watergate or the damn server or the classified documents in in, in people's homes it's like this feels like that. It's like the confidence, the, the the trust, the confidence, the the thought that okay, we're you want to be inclusive, but these changes don't make you inclusive. They alienate other other people trying to create in this space because the space is very has been very welcoming for the last twenty plus years of freelancers making content. Yeah, and it's one of those things like you know when you break that trust in a community that's been held together steadfast by you know by this and you know it's been built up and you know all this creativeness to go back and say hey we're just going to slash without any input and you know you're going to get this kind of fallout 
Oh, the fallout is, is obscene. Yeah. I mean, see, but bunch of people. I mean, and the thing is, it's this is one of those. It travels to a lot of spaces. Yeah. And yeah. you know, D and D goes deep. Well, D and D goes deep, but it's the fact that people were looking at some like the major, like some of the major players in the space. Yeah. Um, how would they be in, impacted? And it would be a pretty, and what the thing was talking about was like, okay, if I, all of a sudden you got to pay me 25% royalty because you've used this content and you've used this license to make content that is earning you serious coin. The fact that that royalty payment as high as it is, is going to impact bottom line and budgets. And when you look at a lot of these people are freelancers, this is literally how they're getting their start in this space. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, it, it's it's just not nah, feel like it's, it, it is one of those things. It was just like a fart in church. I mean, <laughs> it's just it did not. This league was bad. Yeah, it, 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 it did have big ramifications because even, you know, people that aren't heavily in D&D, like when this league came out, it like exploded on all different forums and anything anything touched gaming it oh, yeah. was all over everything because it impacts video games it yep. impacts tabletop games it impacts kicks impacts kickstarter it impacts streaming streaming yeah. i mean it huge octopus of influence yeah like you make a heavy change even if you don't to make a heavy change you got to at least inform well, there's heavy change and then there's let's just nuke the site from orbit yeah change <laughs> yeah this looks like they went beyond that and just dropped boom and a boom I mean, and a boom yeah this this wasn't okay it, this wasn't a subtle thing yeah you know some people can go about it we, we've seen that with other with other things like let me do a subtle thing let me let me make a little tweak here yeah and a little tweak there a little tweak here yeah Little tweak there. Next thing you know, Mark Zuckerberg is up in front of Congress going, I have no idea what he's doing. Yeah. Sorry. Low blow. Sorry. Skadoosh. <laughs> or, you know, like that. But it's, I mean, Wizards wasn't subtle on this one. And all indications is that document was not a draft. That was literally the plan they were about to publish. But somebody put it out early. Yeah. Some whistle, a whistleblower put it out early for the, and for the like, world to consume, like, and it was like, like, "Hey, hey, <laughs> put put this out there now." <laughs> I mean, that's li it's like it's like, you know, it's like almost like the Enron thing again, you mm -hmm. know, or some. It's it, it. There's a lot of comparison. This news feels like the the impact on this is feels like it is from some of these other major causing bubble or bust, public or or public figure uh, embarrassments. Yeah, it happens, you know, but it was one of those big things. And now, like, even if they backtrack, like you said, that 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 cr that crushing um, is out there now. The, the confidence is, is the confidence is broken. Down. Yeah, it's gone. How long and how? What is going to be the long term effect? Because it's this isn't a canary in a coal mine situation. This is a literal. This literally was like a Mount St. Helen explosion of of change. Yeah, it's that and, it's that nine point earthquake. You and never now we have to happen. see how this is going to fall out later. Yeah. So I I mean. We can go on and on about it. Look it up, read it, read up on it yourself. I didn't give much thought to the OJL because I don't have a lot of homebrew content. Yeah. But as far-reaching as this could have potentially impacted, and we still don't know what the 
end all be all resolution is going to be. They're still working on this because it hasn't been officially been changed yet to my knowledge. I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I, I accept yeah. it. But I don't think it's been changed. All indications yet. like there's this is still an ongoing conversation. Yep. Because, you know, people are trepid. So changes are coming. And I mean, it's like, OK, how much is this really going to be worth it? So. Yeah. All righty. So, yeah, that let us run long, and we're running a little long, but, hey, let's hit those odds and ends and close up shop for the day. All right. Need something funny. All right, so you want to do all of them? And no. Just hit, okay. I've been talking for the last 15, 20 minutes, man. You can talk. Oh, that's you what I said. I can, to. okay, so I'm going to just run down the list and do a speed, a speed demon, so... All right, so everybody has devices where you can talk in Google, Alexa, and stuff. But so for Alexa, uh, and Amazon is bringing something cool to their Echo devices. They are bringing a Disney voice assistance to it. So uh, when you do the Disney stuff, it's going to have um, Disney voices from all different things like uh, Mickey Mouse, Pluto, Dory, from Finding Nemo and Olaf from Frozen will be some of the voices you can use on your Echo devices. So, huh. that'll be cool. Cool for you, right? You got an Echo device? Yeah, okay, I've so, got a few of them. All right, so you can put, like, Olaf or uh, Dory on there. Uh, I, I, I kind of like Olaf. Okay. Uh, next article. Well, you know, strange things happen in strange places, usually Comic-Cons. And um, <laughs> this article from Screen Rant is actually, it goes into a lot of things, but uh, Hugh Grant, um, who's going to be in the uh, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, uh, he was at Comic-Con to promote um, that film. He describes an unsettling experience where uh, he was being stalked by not just anybody, but somebody in a hot dog uh, costume. So, <laughs> quoting him from the Screen Art article, there was only one person at the convention who really loved me, and he was dressed for the whole three days as a hot dog. And he followed me wherever I went. I couldn't shake him. Do you remember the hot dog? I was terrified. I still have nightmares about him. So, yep. <laughs> he is going to be terrified by a hot dog for his rest of his life. Wow. <laughs> Alright, next up, we all have things that we collect, and everybody here that follows the podcast knows I collect Funko Pops like they're going out of style. Well, another person who likes Funko Pops is not only a rapper of fame, but also fame from California, Snoop Doggy Dog. He decides to, in his hometown of Inglewood, to open up a Funko Pop shop called The Doghouse. <laughs> so quoting him from this article from twourbangirls.com this new store stays true to who I am as an entrepreneur and rapper and he can't wait for people to experience it so it's going to have pops related to him so you get to get Snoop Doggy Dog pops and other other kind of memorabilia from this store in Inglewood and it's cool because it's entrepreneur in his in his village and it looks like a convenience store yeah that that's that I think is pretty cool. It looks like when you look at this, it looks like a convenience store. It's like you know where you would think to see the cold cold drinks and yeah. stuff like that. That's just where all the shelves for the Funko Pops. It's got the little islands in the middle, and then of course you know it's got this football field type yeah. thing on the yeah, that's... which is interesting. Which is if you know Snoop Dogg, he has his own football team, so it it, it gives a good idea, and also it you know brings a, a bridge in the community and brings some life back. I think that's going to be pretty pretty sweet. Yeah. And last but not least, this is from the Huffington Post. 
Well, you know, people like to put props in their in their yard for Christmas, and this one prop caused a stir in Shepherdville, Kentucky. So, oh, uh, in Shepherdville, Kentucky, a uh, dispatcher got a call, a terrifying call, saying that this woman saw a male standing outside. He is naked. He has a robe covering part of his body. He is exposing himself, and he has a hose between his legs. Gosh, what could it be? So the officers arrived at the house, and they got a little chuckle at it, because it wasn't just some random crazy person running around naked in the neighborhood. It was actually a mannequin, a lookalike of Cousin Eddie from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So, and only thing that could be said by the by the homeowner is that everybody has a Cousin Eddie in their family. I just want people to have a good Christmas and get a laugh. And that's what the responders did. They took a couple pictures and got a good laugh. Well, that, that, that's that's fun. <clears throat> that is really funny. Yep. So even in the new year, we still get a Christmas cheer <laughs> and a laughter in 2023. <gasps> so there you go. There's your, your funny for the day. Yep, that, that, that's definitely a good funny. Yeah. Um, and with that, uh, that kind of buttons it up for us this week. So, All right. Yeah, I'm uh, now it's time to get this thing edited and uploaded to uh, all the podcast networks and YouTube. And we will... S- so, real quick, uh, shout out and a thank you to Sirenscape. Sirenscape. For the background music and soundboards we had during the podcast when we had uh, breaks in the conversation. Uh, we've been... Go and check them out at sirenscape.com for more information. Check out their digital library of great sound effects for your tabletop experience. Um... Be sure to give us a like and a review on the very wherever you can wherever you get this podcast. We greatly appreciate it. it. Helps keeps us moving forward. If you would like to do more, we do have a Patreon. It is very quiet right now. I I'm that's how it is uh, because you know things have been really kind of busy and whatnot. But we do have a Patreon. You can add some support there if you want to. Um, if not, the best thing you can do is like, share, subscribe comment do all those things as you watch this if you're watching this on youtube please give us a like give us a comment tell us tell us what you think even if it's just to say hey how you doing you know just just feed the beast of the algorithm feed us feed us um yes. thank you to Rye for another evening thank you for being patient while i had to get some get this place cleaned up i don't know you know i'm i'm patient i'm pretty now good. now it's a pretty cool hangout yeah it's like look at this look at this can't reach but i'm over there Yep, no, yep. I can I can touch him. Yeah, he can touch me. I can touch him. Yeah, you can see you can see us. He he oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, y'all have a great night, great weekend. Uh stay safe, love each other, and we will see you on our next episode. Bye everybody. Peace. I had a feeling you liked that cousin Eddie one.